One of the most important things that we do for our health every single day is brushing our teeth, yet most of us do not do it properly. Fact. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, more affordable, and even more enjoyable. Let me give you a few reasons why. These sensitive sonic vibrations, they're gentle enough on your sensitive gums. People brush too hard. Some electric toothbrushes are way too abrasive, not Quip. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association and has thousands of verified five-star reviews. I have one. I use it. I love it. I love it because I know that I'm brushing my teeth the right way now and that it's backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at only $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Rome right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. The product is incredible. The first refill pack is free at getquip.com slash Rome. Getquip.com slash Rome. That's getquip.com slash Rome. It was a pretty cool moment. I called Vinatieri afterwards, and I told him what had just happened. He said I would never say that I would do it, but... I guess what you just did was something that every American wish they could do, which is walk right into your boss's office and basically tell him to go fornicate himself. Hey now, everybody. What's up? What's good? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. This is episode 54, and my guest is a former NFL punter and a current media mogul. Pat McAfee. Now, Pat was one of the best punters in the NFL, a two-time Pro Bowler and an All-Pro in eight seasons. My man is also off to a Hall of Fame start to his second career. Pat is a stand-up comedian. He's the host of the podcast, The Pat McAfee Show 2.0. He is the presenter and co-host of Heartland Radio 2.0. He is a social media monster. He's also the star of the sports documentary, Pat McAfee, professional baseball player, which is now available to download at patmcafeeshow.com. I've seen it. It's hilarious. It is so fun. Pat did make a quick run through SoCal last week. He came by the studio for a segment on the radio program, but we let Left way too much meat on the bone. I knew that we need to get him back for the pod. To get the full Pat McAfee experience, you have to turn off the clock, crack a couple of mics, and just see where that conversation takes you. So, you want to pod the hell up. Ep 54 with Pat McAfee starts right now. Pat Cuzzy. If I could, dude, I got to know. This is a huge day in the life of Pat McAfee, your long-awaited doc. Pat McAfee, professional baseball player, has finally dropped. What's it feel like and how the hell you living right now, documentarian? I tell you, I appreciate you for that little plug. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's been a cool day, you know. We This thing was like five months in the making before the night happened, and then obviously with a sponsor backing out, it kind of has, has been a cluster to get here. And then once it's finally released, which it was today, and just watching people seem to enjoy the hell out of it, the reaction has been overwhelming. It's been, it's been a really cool day, Jim, to be honest. I've done a lot of things in my life. I've been very fortunate to do a lot of things. I played soccer overseas. I got a chance to kick off a Super Bowl. Uh, I've done stand-up comedy in theaters. I've done a lot of things. But 
whenever you and Evan Foxy, the guy that edited it, whenever we release something like this and it's been our first time, you have no idea how anybody's going to like it or if they're going to hate it. And the reaction has been solid. So it's been a great day, Jim. It's been a really good day. You know, the reaction has been great. And I've watched it. And I'm going to give you my thoughts in one minute. But if you had to guess, Pat, what's going to have a higher buy rate, McGregor Habib or Pat McAfee, professional baseball player? Well, we priced it right. You know, we had a pre-order at $3.33. Now, since it's out, it's $5 a pop. With every entry, uh, with every purchase of the documentary, you get an entry into the greatest raffle of all time, and we're doing pretty good. It's been a lot more than I could have ever guessed or ever thought of, but we went for the Walmart strategy where it's cheaper. We want everybody in the party, not just an uh, overpriced situation, and it's going well, Mr. Rome. It's going well. Dude, it's so good. It's so good. I watched it. It is a blast. <laughs> I don't want to give it away, but I, I mean, literally, I loved it. I think it's, it's such a brilliant idea. Now, for the record, how much baseball had you played? You mentioned you were a soccer star growing up. You played in the NFL. You were a pro bowler. How much baseball had you played before you made this film? None. None. Absolutely not. And, I, and I think that's why it worked, you know, because I, growing up, my dad hated baseball, so we were nowhere near signing up for it. Never played t-ball. I was athletic, so I played, you know, football in the, in the front yard and in the streets of Pittsburgh. I, I played kick to can. I played soccer. I played volleyball. I played football. I played every single sport, uh, but never played baseball just because it was ingrained in my head that it was a terrible sport ever since I was a child because my dad hated it. I watched the Pittsburgh Pirates for 25 years. The Pittsburgh Pirates were bad. So that was kind of when I was growing up. I, I was a big hockey fan, big football fan, but not that big of a baseball fan. And that's why this worked, because I never, ever, ever played. Never took BP. Uh, I never even think I played catch with a glove uh, growing up. So going into a professional game, a minor league game, with zero preparation and having the angle where this is going to be comedic, it was just a, um, it was a perfect storm, to be honest. And we're, we're very thankful for the Washington Wild Things for letting me play. And the, the footage came out so good, so solid. Hey, Pete, so you, or Pat, you just said you never had taken BP. Well, watching that doc, you took BP, and your reaction immediately was, I knew I was fucked. How, how <laughs> fucked? What was that first BP session like for you? Well, because you watch all these other pro athletes, they go and take BP with teams. I've never been invited to do that because obviously a low man on the totem pole. But you always hear stories of like Odell Beckham taking one out. And you hear these stories of these people taking BP out and how it's basically just a home run derby for players and for everybody. And I was nowhere near that. And it was just 75 mile an hour pitches coming in, just being floated right over the plate. So whenever you have a 90-mile-an-hour, 95-mile-an-hour fastball possibly coming to you in the real game, I knew I was in a bad spot. But stepped in the box, acted like I'd been there before, and had uh, a lot of fun at those three at-bats. Hey, Pat, listen, it's one thing to get that 75-mile-an-hour heat that's straight. What happened the first time you saw that so-called <laughs> Uncle Charlie, the yellow hammer, the bender, the hook? What was that like? I, I'll tell you, I, I had no idea. I thought it was a magic trick. I thought it was a <laughs> magic, magic trick. Because First of all, it looked like it was about to hit me in the face. And then it started moving, and then I thought I could hit it, and it just disappeared. I thought it really felt like John Dornbos, former long snapper of the Eagles, America's Got Talent runner-up magician, was out there doing some illusion. It was I had a whole new respect for the baseball players of the world, the hitters, the pitchers. It just, at that moment, one curveball came at me, and it was just, 
it was really a moment of like, holy hell, the way these dudes and chicks can hit the ball is just next level. It was uh, it was quite a humbling experience, Jim. Some guys never learn how to do it, Pat. You've got some amazing athletes, literally amazing baseball players who never learn how to deal with that. All right, so five bucks, and really quickly, how do they get it if they want to watch the film, and what's that raffle include? So you just go to patmcafeeshow.com, P-A-T-M-C-A-F-E-E, show.com, and right there on the front screen, it'll say watch now. You click on that, you put your email in, you sign up, you put your, your payment in, and then you're off and running. It'll air right there on the website. And every single time you buy the documentary, you get a chance, a ticket into a raffle, which is the greatest raffle of all time, Jim, the Groat. And um, it has two Super Bowl tickets in there, two World Series tickets in there, two WrestleMania tickets in there, $1,000 free play on MyBookie, which is a gambling website, MyBookie.ag, $500 Visa gift card, game-worn autographed jersey from this year from Adam Vinatieri's record-breaking year, uh, autographed baseball bat, a, friend, a chance to job shadow, my friend Nick Morado, a Lisa mattress, movement sunglasses and watches, and also... There's a huge, huge. What time is this coming out? This is going to come out this afternoon, Pat. So we're gonna we're gonna finish this. You and I are gonna talk about your life and your career, and then I'm gonna push it out. So I'm gonna say maybe 90 minutes from right now. We have a huge additional item slash experience being added to the growth tomorrow morning. So that's huge. It's an earth shaker, and hopefully it'll drive up some more uh, buzz about the growth tomorrow morning. I can't wait for it. All right, so, Pat, here's the thing. I, I want to tell you, and I got in pre-order, so I got the value. If I win the groat, I'm going to say this is the best three and a half bucks I've ever spent in my life. If I win the groat. <laughs> no, dude, I it already is. Groat, it is so there's fun. There's a chance that somebody's going to win two really good Super Bowl tickets for sixty-seven a piece. <laughs> right. Hey, listen, what do you got going this weekend? In fact, what are you doing this week? Are you looking for a night out? Maybe you want to go see your favorite band in person. Maybe you want to be there in the crowd to cheer on your favorite team. Whatever it is, with Vivid Seats, you can be there. You can attend that concert, that show, or that sporting event, and you can do so at a great price. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats has an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive 10% off your first ticket order to save even more money. Here's what you do. You go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. First-time customers can use the promo code ROAM for 10% off on your first Vivid Seats order. Once again, get that app, download it, and then use the promo code ROAM and get 10% off. Also, every single purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater tickets and more, Vivid Seats has anything you need. Download the app, enter the promo code ROAM, and get 10% off your first order on Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help get you to your favorite live event. You've told this story, Pat, but a lot of people listening do not know this, and I think we got to share this story. You shocked a lot of people when you retired from the NFL when you were only 29. You had just gone to the Pro Bowl. A lot of guys, Pat, you got to rip the jersey right off their back. You decided to walk out on your own, and especially while you were playing at a high level, how come? I just, I kind of fell out of love with the business of the NFL, the day-to-day. I just, I didn't really enjoy it anymore. I'm a person who I have a good time. I try to make, make the most of every situation, no matter where I am. 
and it just got to the to the situation where I wasn't enjoying going to work anymore. And the paycheck is absolutely beautiful. Obviously, uh, making NFL money is incredible. I made uh, enough money to take care of everybody I'm supposed to take care of in my time in the NFL. I cherished my eight years in the NFL and the friendships and experiences I got. But it just it, it got to a point where I wasn't enjoying going to work. I was hating it. I was falling in love with everything I was doing off the field much more than what I was doing on the field, whether it was the philanthropical stuff that I was doing week in, week out with the military and other stuff, or if it was doing the stand-up and radio shows. And I was just, I started, I got to the point where I wanted to chase fulfillment instead of the paycheck. And I figured all of these people who are very successful, if you listen to them on their deathbed when they're giving speeches, they're always like, do what makes you happy and the money will follow. Do what makes you happy and the money will follow. And I just, I, I got to the point where I was like, I hope they're not all lying because I had a chance to make a lot of money and I just wasn't enjoying being a punter in the NFL anymore. I wasn't enjoying kicking when the offense would fail and the boss at the time didn't enjoy me much as a human. So the work environment wasn't great. It just, I just got to the point where I wanted to leave, and when I did so, it was quite a shock to a lot of people, my parents included, by the way. My parents weren't the most excited, uh, but we've done okay so far, and I've I've truly felt some fulfillment here since leaving, and I'm excited to continue to chase that. The respect. Now, one of the tipping points, Pat, was an Instagram post. You mentioned that the boss was not really thrilled with me. The, the Colts get hammered on Thanksgiving Day 2016. The boss, the GM, Ryan Grixon, says he wants to see you. When you found that out, what did you think that he wanted? I honestly thought the, uh, Grixon and I did not get along since day one. I was, by this point, um, I had already been in Indianapolis for four years. I had quite a little Twitter following. I was selling a lot of jerseys here, which is very weird. I completely understand that for a punter. I had... I had, I had already done a comedy film where I sold 2,800 tickets in like 15 seconds here in Indianapolis. It was just, he did not enjoy the fact that the punter, especially one who was, um, you know, I made jokes. I had a good time. I was never negative, but I had a good time. I, I think when he got to Indianapolis, he did not enjoy that I was potentially a voice of his team. So he hated me bad. I mean, since day one, he was not a fan of mine, finding me for tweets, finding me for posts, just saying things were conduct detrimental to the team, telling me not to talk anymore, basically. And I refused to do it because if I was doing my job at the best of my ability, best in the game, I don't see why me sending out 140 characters of things that aren't offensive to anybody, just jokes was a big deal. So I probably could have been a little bit more uh, agreeable, maybe swallowed my pride a little bit early with the guy, but I just refused to do it. And it got to the point where we wouldn't even look at each other, really wouldn't talk to each other. He was like that with almost everybody on the team. He wasn't very well liked by any players, coaches, agents, basically anybody he came across. And it just got to a point where I thought he was going to extend the olive branch. And that was what I thought was happening after the Thanksgiving game against my hometown team of the Pittsburgh Steelers, where we ran a fake uh, in the first half. We scored a touchdown. If it wasn't for that fake where I threw a ball to Eric Swope, uh, we would have got blown. We would have got shut out. We lost by a lot, but we would have got shut out. And I honestly thought it was the time for him to extend an olive branch and be like, hey, listen, I appreciate the work you put in. I appreciate all that stuff. I'm sorry I've been a douche about everything you've done off the field. And instead, it was the complete opposite. He, like, tripled, quadrupled down and yelled at me about a post I put up like a week and a half before that game of me standing on a on a box with an electrical outlet in my hand 
saying the WWE should hire me so I can cut a promo for them. He fined me for that, and by that point, I was already uh, out of love with the game. I was already setting up my second career, and I decided to tell him exactly what I thought of him. And that uh, meeting obviously was a hilarious one if you were a fly on the wall, but I think for him it was a bit of a shock. For me it was a bit of a relief, and it was also the moment in my life where I was like, I'm sick of working for these people. I'm sick of working for this guy. I hope to never make another dollar for this man. And uh, it was, I was staring down my third surgery in four years. I hated him. And it was just, it got to the point where I was like, I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to get out of here. And uh, it was a good moment. It was a really good moment for me, even after being threatened to be fined hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it was, uh, it was a cool moment. Pat, it must have felt amazing. Can you share with <laughs> us, let us be a fly on the wall. What was the exchange? What was that meeting like? Uh, basically he told me that I was the reason why we were losing the picture that I posted is, uh, why our team isn't good. And, uh, he told me he could find me a game check because it was the, it wasn't the first offense of things that I've done. And I basically looked at him and told him like, uh, you just paid a quarterback $140 million and you can't keep him healthy. Our team is bad. I'm the best in the game at what I do. I wish you would do the same. And, uh, I told him he worries about the wrong things. And he, he erupted, obviously told me that, uh, told me you're going to walk into my office and disrespect me. And I let him know, well, you called me in here. And respect is earned, not given. He kicked me out. I was already on my way out, told him I was leaving. And the next uh, Wednesday when I came back into work, I had a, a fine from Chuck Pagano, not even from Grixon. He wouldn't even put his name on it. Um, and that was that. That was the last time we spoke to each other. It was it was a pretty cool moment. I called Vinatieri afterwards, and I told him what had just happened. You know, I was like, "Listen to this," because Vinatieri is one of my best friends, and he said, "I, I, you're an aggressive. That's an aggressive move. I would never say that I would do it, but I guess what you just did was something that every American wish they could do, which is walk right into your boss's office and basically tell him to go fornicate himself. And it was, uh, it was quite a vindicating moment." And uh, a pivotal moment in my entire life. I think we'll look back on that in like 20 years, and it'll be a pretty pivotal point. Oh, Pat, no doubt. Listen up. Dickies, the number one brand in performance workwear, knows work is more than just what you do. It's who you are. Just like professional athletes, your work is judged by how you perform on your job. That's why Dickies Flex Work Pants and Shirts are engineered to give you superior mobility, advanced protection, and enhanced durability. And Dickies Flex is backed with Dickies Unconditional Satisfaction Guarantee, so you know that the Flex Series is made to work as hard as you work. Dickies Flex, engineered to move, engineered to last. Learn more at dickies.com. Check it out. Go to Dickies.com. What was more daunting, leaving the NFL to go to Barstool or leaving Barstool to go out on your own? So I don't really look at much as daunting. I, I, I honestly, and this is going to sound like a cliche thing, but growing up, my family, we, did, we had next to no money. Everything that is, oh, there comes the siren, by the way. I hope that person What did okay. you do now, dude? I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, you've got to really now what, Pat? Now what, Pat? You've got to keep your eyes peeled around here. Uh, growing up, we had next to no money, though. We didn't travel. We didn't vacation. We didn't do anything like that. Uh, the NFL was an opportunity to get my family out of debt, hit the reset button. I gifted my parents a company. And to be honest, I, I travel. I get a chance to experience a lot of incredible things. 
And if it was to all come crashing down, I think I would be okay with it. I think I'd really enjoyed my life. So there's, there's really no fear. There, there's when I left the NFL to go to Barstool, it was just the chapters come and go. Let's just enjoy the hell out of the book, and that's a hundred percent how I view it. Just like leaving Barstool, it wasn't a personal thing. I still, Dave, Eric, and myself still have a good relationship, but it was a business thing. It was money was getting moved without me knowing it, and things like that. So I just decided to to make a change, and I don't really fear much. I just kind of keep it moving and enjoy the hell out of it. All right, so you mentioned your dad. What's it like, Pat, when your dad, you got your dad, your mom, they've given, I mean, they've made every sacrifice for you. Your dad has been grinding year after year after year after year, and you do well enough that you can get him out of debt and, in fact, set him up so he could have his own company. What did that feel like? It's cool. That's still the best moment of my life, I think. Now, granted, I haven't had kids. Hopefully I don't make that mistake and that ever happens. But everybody who has kids (laughs) says that's the greatest moment of their life. Uh, the greatest moment of my life was being able to get my parents into a good position and giving them a business. It's a, when you watch your your old man who's just this grinder, you know, a truck driver, and then got into the wood business, and you see him cry tears like a thankful tears. It's just a very cool moment. Uh, watching my family remortgage the house five, six times so I can continue to play soccer. It's just. Um, it's a really cool moment. It's what it's that fulfillment that I was talking about earlier that I wanted to chase. It's just those are things that you can't put money on. You can't put a price on that. It's just a feeling inside that I'll never ever forget. And I'm very lucky for my badass parents. And I uh, I'm very thankful I got a chance to set them up a little bit. Too. All right, no, but but at the same time, Pat, you just said if I'm unfortunate enough to have that happen. First of all, if you wrap up, you should be fine. But that said, if that's the best shit ever, why would you not want kids? Because I'm going to be a terrible child. Like I, like I mean, not I was a terrible child. So if I have a kid, it's going to be terrible. My kid is going to be a little monster. He's going to be a demon. He's going to be a hellcat. He's never going to sleep. He's going to talk back. He's going to be an asshole. And I just don't want any. I have no idea how my parents handled me as a child. God bless my mom. I have no clue how she got through it. But for my kid, I'm not going to have the patience. I'm not going to be able to deal with it. He's going to be a little prick, and I know it, Jim. And I'm just not signing up for it. Hey, man, that's being real. I'm fine with that. I'm, believe me, I'm not the guy saying, hey, man, you better fucking have kids. You just don't get it. <laughs> it. Not everybody's cut out for it. If you don't want to do it, I get it. Let me ask you this. I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Pat. I think I'll be a good dad if that day ever comes. I think I'd be good. But I just know my kid's going to suck. And that's just something that <laughs> I have to stare down the barrel. You know what I mean? That's just I have, to, I have to really be ready for that moment in my life. Well, if you can conceive it, you can achieve it. And if you think your kid's going to suck, <laughs> you probably will. If you think your kid's awesome, he might be too. You can revisit that, man. You're still young, dude. Listen, Pat, the, you know the old rap, and I'm going somewhere with this. Follow me. The old rap that kickers and punters are not really players. When you hear it, does it piss you off? Or is it just true? Um. So I think the old rap is um, a legit one. I think there was a lot of kickers and punters back in the day who were kind of flaky, kind of soft. Uh, They were doing bad things for the brand. I think nowadays you see a lot more athletic humans because there's only 32 positions. So guys are trying to make the most of it, and it's a great paycheck. So you've got a lot more athletic guys in there. You've got people in there trying to make plays for their team. You've got guys committing all they have all year round to kicking the ball and setting the defense up in beautiful place or knocking the ball through the upright so the offense can thank them. Even though guys are missing at an alarming rate right now, there's a lot of people who really focus on their jobs and uh, want to make the best of every situation. With that being said, I think mentally uh, punters and kickers are a lot 
closer to golfers than they are football players. So when people say they're not football players, I think physically they are because you're stepping on the field and the chance to get murdered is definitely there. But mentally you're more golfers where it's more analysis, thinking beforehand, every shot matters and things like that, as opposed to reaction, which is most of football. All right, fair enough. I'm just not sure that you apply in that situation. And I take you back to 2013. You're kicking off against the Broncos. Trendon Holiday catches it deep in the end zone. He brings it out, sees a little bit of daylight, gets to the sideline, and my man is flying. And then out of nowhere, like a fucking heat-sinking missile, <laughs> you go hat-to-hat with this guy and you blow this sucker up. Dude, tell me everything you remember about that play from the second you teed the ball up. So that whole week was big, right? Because it was Peyton Manning's return to Indianapolis. Sunday night football, everybody knew the numbers were going to be huge. And when it comes to kicking and punting, you have to worry about the returner being a game breaker because if you give up a kick return or a punt return, your chances of losing, I think, are above 70%. And Trendon Holiday was having an incredible year. You're talking about an Olympic-class sprinter who was just doing doing things in a return game that not a lot of people were doing at the time. So we were sweating all week because this huge game of Peyton coming back, Andrew Luck, could all be ruined if a returner decides to shit all over us, right? So every kickoff was supposed to be a touchback. I was supposed to be kicking it out of the back of the end zone so there was no chance of a return from Trendon. Well, I failed on that, obviously. It was eight yards deep or seven yards deep, so Trendon starts bringing it up. So all I'm thinking in my head is, God damn it, because I was supposed to kick it out. I got under it a little bit. It didn't go as far as it's supposed to. So now we're giving one of the most electric people in the NFL at the time a chance to really bust open this game, which is supposed to be Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck taking uh, each other on in Indianapolis for the first time. So he gets the edge. He starts running, and I just close my eyes and sprint as fast as I can, Jim. And like a blind squirrel finding a nut, I just so happen to make contact with him in a beautiful fashion. I'm 6'1", 240. He's like 180 pounds, so I got 60 pounds on him. And what followed was a collision that made me sore for a week, but it brought the, blew the roof off the place. The Indianapolis Colts fans went nuts. The Colts defense came over and started hitting me on the head. Everybody was going crazy. And uh, it's a moment that I'll obviously never forget. It was a very cool situation. But to be honest, the entire time the play was happening, I was just pissed off that we were giving good field position to Peyton Manning because I was hoping we would win that game. Pat, it's one of my favorite, not Pat McAfee moments. It literally is one of my favorite NFL moments ever. I, I just got to know, I mean, as a pro athlete, none of us have been in that situation. When you're running at this cat, dude, when you are running at this cat, is your mind blank or what are you thinking? Because you went hat to hat and this collision was beautiful. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, there's no thinking at all. It's You're uh I don't want to say I, I black out on the field, but it is very much a, you hope everything's a muscle memory thing. The only thing I was thinking was how mad I was that the field position was getting ruined. Every yard he was gaining down the field was another yard. Peyton Manning and his offense that was incredible that year didn't have to earn. So it's, I'm just trying to make the tackle and with how fast he is. It's just like how fast if a, if a baseball comes in faster, the return is going to go further. And that's just exactly what it was. The faster he was running made me run a little faster, making the collision that much greater. 
but I was just pissed off the entire time that we were giving up bad field position, brother. Uh, I, I see you working before I let you go. By the way, you kicked that ball deep, man. He brought that shit out. He brought it out, but you're yeah. right, man. He was flying. Listen to this. No matter how big or small your team is, Ferguson has a winning game plan for pro contractors with thousands of plumbing repair parts, knowledgeable associates, and the largest national footprint in the game. When the pressure is on, you can count on Ferguson. Because you're from Pittsburgh, you're playing the Steelers back in the day, and you're in Pittsburgh, and you've got people now. You've got people in the stands. Your family's there. Your friends are there. There is a point in the game where you're going to go legend, and I don't mean just in sports. This moment could go down (laughs) as one of the highlights of your entire life, either on or off the field, in your hometown, but Troy Polamalu fucked the whole thing up. What happened? Yeah, Troy Polamalu, everybody calls him a nice guy and all this. He's an asshole. And this needs to be known more. Troy Polamalu ruined my dreams of scoring not only a touchdown in the NFL, but scoring a touchdown in the same stadium that I won the punt passing kick in as a 14-year-old. Right. Uh, We're in Pittsburgh. We have this field goal that's 100 percenter, they say. 100 percenter means if we're in this situation, if we're inside the 10 on the left hash, the Pittsburgh Steelers field goal block team lines up in this way 100% of the time for the last five years of watching them block kicks. Troy Polamalu will line up over here on the right side. The C-gap to the left will be wide open. We snap it. I stand up with the ball. I jog to my left through the C-gap right into the end zone. It'll split like the Red Sea did to Moses. It'll be an easiest touchdown in NFL history, but I will score a touchdown in Pittsburgh in front of all my Yenzer family, like a 100 of them in the entire city of Pittsburgh. I had a celebration ready to go, ready to rock. I was ready to lose my mind. Then we had no checkout either. There was no checkout because it was a hundred percenter, they say. One hundred percenter. So if we get in this situation, I think it was called Mac. It might have been called Mac, like for my last name, McAfee. I forget the exact name of it. If we call it, it's a hundred percent on. There's no blackout, no checkout, nothing because it's a guaranteed touchdown. So we get to the position at the end of the first half. It's like three seconds left in the end of the first half. We get into the left hash. I think we're on like the, it's somewhere inside the 10 on the left hash, and they call it. And I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. I'm jogging in with Vinatieri. Vinatieri and I are kind of fist bumping. I'm about to score my first touchdown in my career here in Pittsburgh. It's a beautiful thing. We get down, we get set, and all of a sudden I see head and shoulders ass Troy Palomalu with his beautiful flowing hair just go ahead and bounce right over to the C-gap on the left side, a place he had never lined up for for his entire career. His entire career, every single rep we watched, he had never lined up in that spot. Not at once, and I just watched him. Growing up in Pittsburgh, I've seen this guy make miraculous plays. I've seen him jump over the center before the ball is snapped. I've seen them ruin careers and end careers and change games. They have a whole song. It's it's Palomalu, Palomalu. Like I grew up during the Troy Palomalu era. So what Palomalu did 
was lined up in that seat. Yeah, for some reason, nobody knows. He responded in this long blog after I first told this story that that particular evening the wind was blowing in a different direction. The polar molecules were feeling something a little different. So he decided to go line up over there. But for me, what he did was ruin my dream of scoring a touchdown. I had to stand up and scream to the entire field goal operation that we are kicking this. We are not running the fake. I know this was supposed to be a hundred percenter, but Troy Polamalu ruined it. There he is. Vinatieri kicks the three points, goes through. We jog off the field into the into the locker room for halftime. Chuck Pagano comes running up to me. He's like, "What did you see?" I'm like, "What did I see?" Asshole Polamalu lined up late for the gap, and he's like, "Great job checking out of it." I'm like, "Great job." Are we not going to talk about how big of a dick Troy is? Are we not going to talk about this? And then we go into the second half. They end up beating us, obviously. But that touchdown is a moment that's been stolen from me forever. Oh, my God, Pat. That is so great. That is so great. Or in the blog, did you ever have a conversation with Palamalu? So Khalid Holmes uh, was a member of the Colts. He's Troy's brother-in-law. And he was texting me back and forth. He said, I just listened to that Troy story. Troy's going to absolutely love it. And Troy went into the USC Hall of Fame, I think, a week later, a couple weeks later. And during that week, he decided to write the whole blog back. So I've never talked to Palamalu in person, but I got his blog back. And um, that's why Troy is one of the greats. That's why he is so good. His game, his football IQ is just so high. His instincts were incredible and I just so happen to be on the receiving end of that bullshit, and here we are still to this day with no touchdowns in the NFL. Yeah, I'm glad that he loved that story, but it seems to me like you're serious. Like, yeah, great, Troy. I'm glad you loved that story. What the fuck were you doing in the C-gap, man? That was my moment. <laughs> that was my moment, dude. Glad that you liked that story, Troy. <laughs> it would have been cool. would have been yeah, the best. It would have been cool to score that touchdown. I would, I would probably have that on my Twitter bio still to this day if I did that, but that's what Troy Polamalu's job was, to ruin people's dreams. That's it, man. Yeah, well, he he couldn't ruin. He couldn't be a dream killer for all of your dreams because you've got yourself a documentary, Pat. So once again, the long-awaited documentary. Pat McAfee, professional baseball player. Where do they go to get it? PatMcAfeeShow.com. It'll say watch now. Click there. Put in your info. Bing, bang, boom. It's easy, easy as that. Five bucks. You're also entered into the Groat with every purchase of the documentary. The Groat, the greatest raffle of all time, which is already stacked with incredible events and items and experiences. And it's gaining an earth-shattering bucket list item tomorrow. I'm so thankful for you having me on here, Jim. Hey, Pat, I, I, Thanks for lunch the other day, too. Lunch was great, Pat. I really appreciate it. I want to say that when you came in studio and we did the show, I thought it was awesome. But I felt like there were some things I wanted to talk, about, talk to you about, and I needed more time. And I'm really happy that you gave me the more time. The lunch was awesome. Listen, this is not one of those conditional pitches and then we roll i watch the film it's awesome man it is so much fun you should be <laughs> proud of that and i'm gonna say it for the record old guy to younger guy man i think you're the next big thing pat keep doing what you're doing i'm really curious to watch the way you build this thing out and it's awesome to see i really appreciate you cuzzy thank you jim i appreciate that you're a legend in this whole thing so i appreciate you saying that that means a lot and I'll just keep being an idiot on the internet and we'll see what happens and if i ever reach the level of jim rome I will probably climax. So thank you so much, Jim, for the friendship and for the, the time here. Thanks for buying the documentary. We could have given it to you. And thanks for the time here. That's why Pat, podcasts are awesome, because you just get a chance to chat. You got it, brother. So good to talk to you, Pat. Talk soon, man. Thanks for everything. All right. See you, Jim. 
Hey, building professionals, check this out. If you're a contractor, a builder, or a remodeler, Lumber Liquidators Pro Plus is the only partner you are ever going to need for all your flooring needs. With special pro-only pricing and dedicated support, LL Pro Plus will help you get your flooring jobs done quickly and profitably. Are you worried about selection and availability? Don't be. Lumber Liquidators has over 150 million square feet of flooring available with over 100,000 square feet in stock in most of their stores. And they stock professional grade adhesives, underlayment, molding, tools, fasteners, and grout so you get exactly what you need when you have to have it. And are you too busy to pick up your flooring? That's also not a problem. The LL Pro Plus team will deliver it right to your job. And with LL Pro Plus, you can even get a business line of credit. So put the LL Pro Plus flooring experts on your team right now. Visit your local Lumber Liquidator store or lumberliquidators.com slash pro sales today. Pat McAfee, if you need him. What a beauty. And what an absolute awesome time these past five days have been. Having him on the radio show, the podcast, he and I had a little grub. Great, great time. Listen, you want to make sure that you check out his documentary, Pat McAfee, Professional Baseball Player. Again, I've seen this thing. It is a blast. You can find it on his website, patmcafeeshow.com. Patmcafeeshow.com. It's awesome. On next week's episode, I have the extremely talented David Faraday on the podcast. He is as unique as they come. If you've heard him on golf broadcasts, you know what I'm talking about already. But I mean this when I say this. There is so much more to David Faraday. David Faraday is one of the most talented people I know. One of the most unique people I've ever spoken to. I am really looking forward to getting to all these things with him a week from right now. Make sure you look out for that. Once you get subscribed, you don't have to look for the podcast. It will find you. You. It comes straight to your phone. As always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and doing your part to help grow this thing. If you want to be on the podcast, just lob me a telephone call. Here's the number, 949-385-0447. 949-385-0447. Hit me up anytime. I'm serious about that. You call that number right now, get on next week's episode. Just like these knuckleheads right here on this week's voicemail. Catch you next time. Until then, I'm out. First new message. Wrong me wrong. My boy Engine Ryu, man. Have you seen this guy's head roaming? I mean, it gets bigger by the month, it seems. He is in Bruce Bochy territory. My concerns are the New Era company is going to need about four warehouses of wool just to get a damn lid on this guy. Message deleted. Next message. Romy, Justin from Melbourne. I never thought I'd say this, but Khabib actually is a bigger ass than Connor. I didn't think that was possible. Message deleted. Next message. Got a problem right here, bro. They snuck up on me, dude. I gotta go do a damn drug test. Man, I need some karma. Don't go karma, poor boy. I gotta take off right now and go, go, get, go to the clinic and take that test. So cross your fingers for me, me. I'm gonna be unemployed again, damn it. Ouch! Message deleted. Next message. So I took the drug test, right? So... Now the big thing or the bitch about this is waiting two to three days to get the goddamn result. What am I supposed to do? Go and ask him, hey, did I pass? God damn it. Karma, clones, karma, god damn it. Dig. Bye. Message deleted. Next message. Vance Mac, Mike in Buffalo. 
me and the boys on a little Myrtle Beach excursion this weekend. A lot of damage between the ocean and the street, according to our tour guide from Hurricane Florence. But, you know, we're just here doing our civic duty, helping the economy get back on its feet. One drink at a time. Later. Message saved. Next message. Rome, JJ, Kansas City. The AFC better get used to hearing, Touchdown, Kansas City! Mahomes doesn't have to throw for him. He can run for him. He's still going to beat their ass. Message saved. Next message. Trevor Bauer tried to talk that shit about spin rates. Spin that shit right the fuck up out of here, baby. Don't you ever talk that shit to Alex. Big game hunter. Badass Bregman. Astros. World Series. Motivated Stoner Nation. Out. Message saved. Next message. This is Steve from Gatlinburg out on the East Coast. Had a great weekend watching some sports. Hope you and yours had a good weekend. Uh, my wife is really excited to be a new lady clone. I do have one question, sir. I am trying to find out how I can find your television show, and I'm a computer nerd and cannot find it. If you would be so kind on your next podcast, give me a heads up on where I can find that. Hang in there, brother. Hope you have a good week. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Jim? It's Dr. Dave. I love how you always tell Alfie fair enough when he makes a really poor defense for something that he does. Fair enough means something a little bit different to me. I once had a doc I worked with who was a cardiovascular surgeon. Anytime somebody who was presenting to him ever fucked up and tried to defend their, uh, their decision, he would always say fair enough. But it was his polite way of saying fuck off. That's probably what you mean here sometimes with Alfie. Later. Message deleted. Next message. Jim, Lloyd in Buffalo. I gotta say, Rick is as good for Buffalo as my grandpa is for his diaper. Worst look for the 716 since Todd Collins following Jim Kelly and the juice getting loose and chopping off all those heads. War Matt in Cleveland, War Christiel and Val Kilmer causing global warming with their cow farts. Playoffs. Boot. Message deleted. You have no more messages.